Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're continuing this week, Colin, looking at uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and we're reading it from your new translation of the New Testament. It's called The Truth, and uh, you've told us many times during making these programmes that you really felt God was asking you to translate and make the real meaning of this of, of the New Testament come to life for us. Yes, it's not just a translation of the words, but of what the words mean. And we're picking it up in chapter 4, verse 7. Yet at the same time, each one of us is given the particular grace we need to fulfill our calling. And it is Christ himself who imparts this grace to us. This is why we can understand from what was written years ago that when he ascended back to heaven, he led a procession of those who had formerly been captives and gave gifts to those who were to continue the work of his kingdom here on earth. We need to understand that before he ascended to heaven, Christ first descended to where the souls were kept waiting for the release he alone could give. Yes, he who descended there to free them is the same Lord who ascended to the highest place in heaven so that the whole universe could be filled with his glory. Now, in just those few verses, there's a whole lot for us to unpack. First of all, in verse 7, Paul says that Christ imparts to us whatever grace we need to fulfill the call of God on our lives. When God gives grace, everything is so simple and easy. Without that grace, we struggle. And that's one of the ways in which you can tell whether you're moving in the purpose of God or not. It doesn't mean that everything he asks us to do is easy, but he makes the impossible possible. He, he makes the difficult easy when uh, there is grace. And uh, you know, I've said as as we've been going through Ephesians that God certainly gave grace to enable me to to do this translation because it was taking me out of any comfort zone or or anything that I would normally be doing, and that's the challenge for all of us because God puts before all of us things that we haven't done before, and this is where we need our faith in Him and our faith that He will impart, supply the grace to enable us to do whatever he's asking us to do. And it always saddens me when I hear uh, Christians say, well, God asked me to do so-and-so, but I couldn't. I mean, I just couldn't do it. Because if God asks you, it's not for you to say no, it's for you to say, yes, Lord. If he gives you the opportunity, then he will supply the grace. And, and one, one of the things that uh, we see with our Bible school students, for example, is they are, they go out and they do all kinds of things in the community and, and so on. And so often their their first reaction is, I could never do that. But you see, they're given the encouragement. Others go out with them. They show them how to do it. And they come back so full of joy and so thankful to God because what they've discovered is that God graced them to do it. It's what they, he wanted them to do, so he gave them the grace. And this is where we need to learn to depend upon the grace of God. And we've seen that Paul is someone who speaks of the grace of God in lavish terms because he was so aware of how he had to depend upon the grace of God himself. And even Jesus, you know, 
the way he depended upon the Father was really like saying he depended upon the grace the Father gave him to speak what the Father was giving him to speak, to do what the Father wanted him to do, to actually fulfill the will of God in his life. Um, it's not really grace in Jesus' life, but it's the enabling that comes from the dependence upon the Father. And you see, how does grace operate in our lives? By the way in which we depend upon Jesus. And that act of faith or dependence or trust in the Lord releases the grace we need to do whatever God asks us to do. So then Paul says that um, that grace enables us to understand, not only to do what we couldn't otherwise do, but to understand what we couldn't otherwise understand. And he speaks about um, this procession that Jesus leads to heaven. Now, this is very interesting. I, I don't know that any of us can understand too much about this, but obviously uh, Jesus explained this to Paul and, and uh, uh, and no doubt he got some of his understanding from the other apostles too. But what happened between uh, Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection on Easter Day uh, and the sightings that Mary and the disciples had on that Sunday? Well, he went to this I don't know how to explain it, except like it must have been like a holding place. You see, all these great men and women of God that we read about in the Old Testament could not go directly to heaven until the work of the cross had been accomplished and until Jesus' resurrection had demonstrated his victory over death. So they were in this kind of paradise or holding place, however you want to describe it. And Jesus goes there to lead Abraham, Moses, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and of course a whole lot of others too, who had been faithful to God in their lives. It's as if they are then presented with the reality of the cross. And when Jesus ascends to heaven, in his train, in his procession, all these people rise to glory with him. So he left heaven alone, but he returned to heaven at the head of a great procession. And you see, those of us today who live here on earth, we will be part of that procession. Do you remember that Paul says that God always leads us in his triumphant procession in Christ? There's a sense in which although we are still on earth, we are part of that triumphal procession that God made possible through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. So, he descended to this lowest place, whatever it was like. Um, he who descended there to free them is the same Lord who ascended to the highest place in heaven so that the whole universe can be filled with his glory. 
Would Jesus also have preached to those from the nations who weren't Jews, who didn't know about the one true God at that yes, time, well, to give them a chance? You see, this is where our, our information and our understanding, I think, is very sketchy, because it would seem almost that there were two categories. There were, there were those that were like the people I've mentioned in a kind of paradise. You remember in the um, parable of the rich man and the poor man, the poor man was seen in Abraham's bosom in a kind of paradise position. Um, no mention there of that being heaven or of being with God, but being with Abraham in this sort of holding area. I, I, that's the only way I can describe it. But then, of course, it does say that Jesus descended into Hades. He descended to, if you like, preach the gospel to those uh, who as they preach the gospel, to give them the opportunity now that the cross uh, was a reality to put their faith in Jesus and to be led out of captivity into the glory of heaven. So everybody had a chance up to that point? Uh, presumably. I mean, really, uh, you know, our, our information is so sketchy, but this is, this is it seems, what Paul is saying, and, and, and it seems what the, the scripture is revealing. Um, now, of course, it's a different matter. Now that it is possible for people to receive the revelation of the kingdom of heaven uh, while they're here on earth, uh, as far as we understand, there is absolutely no opportunity for them after death to escape the judgment that, that we are really um, determining our eternal destiny by the way we either accept or reject the salvation that God makes possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. That salvation was not possible until the cross and resurrection. So in some way, um, those were given the opportunity of that salvation. And what does that mean? Well, nobody can be exactly sure, but it, you know, from from my understanding, and I'm not saying that this is the revelation of the truth, but from my understanding, those who really were intent on living for God and pleasing God uh, would be those who then have the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, and they too then would be liberated uh, into the glory of heaven. But I just want to focus on this last phrase, um, that Jesus ascended to the highest place in heaven. Heaven was conceived as uh, uh, being a kind of, in kind of layers. God is in the highest place. And you know, the, Jesus talked about the greatest and the least in the kingdom of heaven. Um, so not everybody is in the same place. And this is why, you know, Jesus emphasizes everybody's going to be rewarded according to what he's done. So your place in heaven is going to be the result of what you've done. Your entrance into heaven is totally the work of God's grace, the salvation that he has made possible through his son. None of us can earn or deserve that, but then God will reward each person according to what he has done. But God's purpose is to fill the whole universe with his glory. And this is the, this is the great purpose, the big purpose that I've been talking about as we've been doing these programs, that God's purpose is so much greater than just what we perceive as the personal salvation that concerns us. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 